Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday here in Los Angeles. Yes, this is LA Gridiron Weekly. I'm your host, Kirk Morrison, former NFL veteran, eight years in the National Football League, bringing you football talk here in Los Angeles. So excited to be with you and so much to get to uh, on this program today. Uh, thank you to Dr. Clapper, joined us right before the show and leading in. So, look, I have so much that I want to get into. I really do, and I cannot wait to share them all with you. Let me sort of let the, uh, set the table here, okay, set the table here, because this show is not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. This is a group. I call this uh, our happy place, our safe place. If you need to come take a seat on the couch and we can talk football, we can do that. This is what this program is all about, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710. 7103776 you can also reach me at Kirk Morrison my twitter handle at Kirk Morrison on Instagram as well and also use the hashtag #LAGW hashtag #LAGW for LA Gridiron Weekly here on 710 ESPN so much to get to but you know what like I always do how I always start the show but how I, we always start a football game it's time for the opening kickoff this is the LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. And with the flash of the cameras going on. Oh, all right, here we go. It's time for the opening kickoff. Ah, this week the opening kickoff is just laying the groundwork for what this show is going to be about today. Look, right now as we sit, we are less than three weeks, right, three weeks away from the 2021 NFL Draft from Cleveland, Ohio. That's right, the Cleveland Browns are hosting the draft this year. Should have been Las Vegas last year, but we know because of the pandemic, this year Cleveland will be hosting, and it'll be a three-day event for all those people who cannot wait for the draft. I know that I cannot wait. The draft is so much fun. Having been drafted back in 2005, I get all these emotions All right, about the draft when it starts to uh, approach. So excited about that. So we're less than three weeks away from the NFL draft approaching. And look, we're going to talk a lot over the next couple weeks about who the Rams should be drafting. I know they don't have a first-round pick, but it's something that we have to talk about because they do have picks in rounds two and a couple in round three. So they've got their work cut out for them and what they decide to do in the draft. Well, the Chargers. Chargers have four picks in the first two days of the NFL draft. You know, they're coming off of a season in which they have the rookie Offensive Rookie of the Year in Justin Herbert. So we'll get some of their takes as well. So just want to make sure everybody knows that coming up the NFL draft. And so we're going to get really, really draft heavy on this show over the next couple of weeks. But I got a couple of questions for you because I want to hear from you because I know my opinion on sort of what's happened in L.A. football, especially over the last couple of months, right, since the seasons have ended for the Rams, Chargers. Seasons have ended. The seasons are over. And there's been movement, right? There have been movement with both of these teams, in particular, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams have made a big splash, the offseason splash, the, the trade for Matthew Stafford to come from Detroit and Jared Goff, the 2016 number one overall pick by the Los Angeles Rams, traded to Detroit. That was a trade in which no one saw, but I want to get your reaction. I want to think, what do you think about the Matthew Stafford trade? We haven't talked enough about it. I want to get people in Los Angeles, people out there listening, even on the ESPN app, call in, let me know what is your thoughts 
on the Matthew Stafford trade. Also, too, what do you think about the draft? I want you to sit back, relax, just sit back. If you're driving in your car right now, if you're listening at home, if you're thinking about the draft, what is your expectations of the draft for your team? It doesn't just always have to be about the Rams. It doesn't have to be about the other team here in Los Angeles, the Chargers. It doesn't have to be about the Raiders. It can be about your team. Because, look, Los Angeles, we know, is has a lot of people from all over. Like, I got friends who live here who are Philadelphia Eagles fans, who are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But this is your show to kind of talk about what you expect from the draft or what you want to see from the draft or how well your team drafted last year. Can they do it again this year? Can they repeat it? So those are some of the things that I want to hear from you. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. And in the offseason. And look, I've been trying to slow play slow play this offseason so far. I'm slow playing it, right? This is the second episode of LA Gridiron Weekly, right? The second show. And so last week, I wanted to lay down the groundwork. And for all those people who are just tuning in for the first time, this is a, a, an interactive show with me, you, all of us all together talking football. So in my eight years in the National Football League, I saw a lot. Played for six head coaches in eight years. Yes, yeah, so I, I can tell you some of the good. I can tell you some of the bad. But in covering the NFL, not only from my eight years in the NFL, but then also now in my ninth year as an NFL analyst covering Super Bowls, conference championships, the Rams for the last five seasons, I can tell you some of the insight and things that I know and what I see. And so for right now, the way that I look at the way the offseason is going, it's in that period now where we've had free agency. We've all, we got the draft coming up. All of the pro days for all of the college players are about to wrap up. There's been the frenzy of quarterback talk. And for people who don't know, Yes, there's possibly going to be five, I maybe even say six quarterbacks drafted in the first round. There is something to be said about drafting a young quarterback in the first round to reset your roster, your, your, your salary cap. There's so much to really get into. And I think I definitely want to get your take on just the offseason so far, especially for the Rams. We talked about the trade for Matthew Stafford already, but just the offseason. The Rams lost a couple players. They've lost a couple players to free agency, guys who I think are glue guys, guys who I think are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be lost. Uh, you, you, you'll know because they've been here for a while. They've played well, but in a salary cap league, or like I use, I use the term, the economics of the NFL. That's a term that I lean on. Economics of the NFL do not allow teams to stay together for very long. This is the NBA. This is not the Major League Baseball. This isn't hockey. This is a hard salary cap in the National Football League where a team can love you, but because of the economics, sometimes they can't keep you. So that's the tough part. And we've seen it across the NFL. We've seen it with the Rams. We've seen it with the Chargers as well, having to let some good football players go. But at the same time, you acquire new football players. And when you acquire new football players, you hope that they come in and they bring you, I, I guess, some of that um, the, the missing piece that you may have missed from a season ago. And so that's why I get excited to talk about it, because I want to know how excited are you, the fans who are out there listening? How excited are you about some of the changes or some of the new additions to your team as well? We'll get to that 
I got a great guest lined up for you today, a guy who I truly, truly love his work. Um, he's actually someone who relocated with the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles and now covering the NFL nationally for Pro Football Talk. He's former Rams team reporter Miles Simmons, and he'll get I, I got a lot of questions for Miles. We, we, I got some bones to pick with him as well, but not only did he see – the Rams in terms of the relocation process, but how that team was built under Les Snead and how the relocation brought them Jared Goff in the first overall pick of 2016, how the stadium sort of came about. And then, you know, it's basically seeing sort of the end of the Jared Goff era. So I have a ton of questions for Miles Simmons. He's coming up at 930 this morning. I cannot wait to hear from him. And just get some other thoughts around the National Football League as he covers the NFL for a pro football talk. So that's coming up at 930. Make sure you are around for that. Uh, and then just for me, over the next couple of weeks, I, I mentioned it. You can always tweet at me, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram as well. Because we're going to be covering a lot of the draft. The draft is going to be truly, um, it, it, it's a spectacle. It is the off-season Super Bowl in the NFL. And I cannot wait to hear what your thoughts are about it, um, especially how does it affect your team, especially how does it affect Los Angeles and how the Rams in particular don't necessarily join the party on the opening day of the draft, right? They don't join the party. They've given up their first round pick ever since Jared Goff was selected where they gave him up to get Jared Goff. And in the years after that, they've traded that first round pick whether it's for uh, Brandon Cooks, whether it's for Jalen Ramsey, and now Matthew Stafford, the Rams don't have a first-round pick, I believe, until 2024. Right, we're still in 2021. So just kind of putting in perspective on what the Rams have in front of them. So a lot more to get to. Miles Simmons coming up at 930. But you know what? I want to take, um, take you back just a second. Take you back to how the season ended for the Rams. We'll take a listen to that and figure out what's next. What's next for the Rams now having the season end, making the trade for Matthew Stafford. We'll take a trip down memory lane coming up back here next here on LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. We lost the uh, great soul. Uh, great soul this yesterday, Friday. Uh, DMX, rapper, songwriter, uh, actor, passed away at the age of 50. So today, giving a couple shout outs to uh, DMX, a guy who, um, if you've ever been to a wedding, uh, a concert, anywhere where you ever needed to hear the crowd hyped up, uh, DMX was the guy. <laughs> His songs. Uh, were definitely some that would get the mood going, would get people hyped up, would get the stage going. So, uh, man, rest in peace to DMX. So definitely want to give some shout-outs to him as well. But, you know, we got a lot of phone calls, and, and the phone calls are lined up. The lines are jam-packed. I will get to you in just one second. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. So, 
as we get down memory lane just a little bit, because I think a lot of times we get into this space of we kind of forget what happened because we've already turned the page. We've turned the page into what's in front of us. Okay, what's next? What's next? But sometimes you just have to go back and see and, and feel and listen and hear how some of those things sort of transpired. And look, the Rams last season were a team that had great promise in the beginning of the season. Then they took a lull and they came back. But at the end of the year, they had an opportunity to win a division title. They had that opportunity. It was right there in front of them. They just had to win a couple games down the stretch. And unfortunately, they did not. They lost a couple games down the stretch. But I think the most notable game was the one in which they played against the New York Jets at SoFi Stadium. Remember the winless Jets at the time. They were winless. And yet, you know, there's a situation in which the Rams uh, playing against the Jets and if you don't remember what that sounded like, here's a little bit of what that sounded like, the Rams and the Jets at the end of last season. That's the final knee. The clock will run out here at SoFi Stadium. A wire-to-wire victory for the New York Jets. They come in at 0-13. They leave Los Angeles with their first win of 2020. Sam Darnold goes 22 of 31 for 207 passing and a touchdown. The final score at SoFi Stadium. Jets 23 Rams 20. LA falls to 9 and 5. The Jets go home at 1 and 13. You could feel it there. I think at that moment. Now look, the Rams would go on to get to the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They actually beat Seattle in the wild card round. But as I look back, I remember that moment. It was to me that game. That game against the New York Jets where I kind of circled it and I said, you don't lose these types of games, especially to a team that was 0-13 at the time. You do not lose those games. You have to win those games. And the Rams, they lost that game. And when you lose against that kind of team, I wouldn't say you don't deserve to go to the playoffs, but, yeah, you don't deserve to win a division. Rams didn't win the division that year or last season. But I always say sometimes a loss is worth two or it's double. It's not just one loss. It's not one loss. You know why? Because when you lose like that, now it opens up, I think, to me, it opens up doubt. It gives you more questions than it does answers. And the questions that I think rose from there was, what are we doing at the quarterback position. What are we doing with our team? What will our team look like? And look, I know you're still in the heat of the season, but it's those losses that you sit back and say, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing? Why does this happen? And you mark those down and you keep figuring out, we can't allow this to happen. Now I know the Rams, like I mentioned, went on, they played well, went to the playoffs, beat the Seattle Seahawks, and everything was great. But I thought it was that loss, it was that loss to me that made the Rams less need Sean McVay, that brass of of administrative people in the Rams organization said, we need to figure something out. We need to figure something out because we cannot allow this to happen. And I think that is what kicked off the trade discussions in the offseason. 
to get and acquire Matthew Stafford. And so that's where I want to kind of get everyone's take on that because the deal was made for Matthew Stafford. The Rams are going to give up a third-round pick this year, uh, two first-round picks in the coming years for Matthew Stafford. The trade is done, and so I feel like people in Los Angeles never really had an opportunity to talk about the trade and figure out what they really honestly truly felt about the trade. And so definitely want to get to the phone line, open up the phone lines right now. Let's go straight to – I want to go to Chuck on line two. Chuck, you're on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. What's up, Chuck? Hey, Kirk, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. I wanted to say uh, about this Matthew Stafford for golf trade, the real benefit is going to be freeing up McVay to make more creative play calls instead of having to coach around Goff's athleticism and toughness sort of deficiencies. What do you think of that? No, I, I, I agree. I think the one thing that we all knew about Jared Goff was that he was – to me, a rhythm passer. He played in the offense with Sonny Dykes at Cal where it was kind of run and shoot. It was no huddle. Everything's in front of you. You can read the defense, see the defense, and you made, you made your reads before the play happened. Okay, so here we go now. now like This is where I like to geek out a little bit, show how I love the football as acumen of just the game, the X's and O's. But Chuck, to your point, is that I thought in, in Jared Goff in college, he was able to make a lot of those quick throws. He was able to make and see defenses right away because in college, there's not a ton of defense that you're going to throw. There's not a lot of confusion. So Jared Goff saw a defense, and he would go out there and attack. He has the arm strength. He has the rhythm. He has the accuracy. He has all of that. And so that's why people fell in love with Jared Goff coming out of college. But in the NFL, the one thing that we do know is that defenses are going to be more complex. Defenses are going to show you a lot more. And I think early on in McVay's offense, Jared Goff benefited from great play calling, benefited from being in a system that I thought for him, it, it really brought out the best in him. But this is what the NFL is all about. The NFL is about adjusting. We are going to take away what you do best Okay, what you do best, we are going to take that away from you, and we're going to see, do you have a curveball? Do you have something different? Do you have another move? What's your second move? And I saw Jared Goff didn't have that same second move. When you got him off his first read, he couldn't get to the next read or even just throw the football away. And so now you enter Matthew Stafford into the scenario. You've got a quarterback. 33 years of age, he's seen a ton of football. He's been in the game for a long time. And, look, you can ask anybody in the National Football League, when you talk about the arm of Matthew Stafford, it is live. He can make all the throws. He's just been in an organization that has been through three head coaches throughout his tenure. Right? People say, well, he didn't have success in the playoffs. And Look, trust me, it is hard to win games in this league. But I tell you this, the struggles of the Detroit Lions were not because of Matthew Stafford. And I think, to your point, Chuck, Sean McVay is going to be able to sometimes, you know what, here's the football, Matthew Stafford. Go make some plays. Just be you. Because that's what we see in the NFL week in and week out. The great players in the NFL do what? Sometimes not the play that's called is the one that's ran, meaning that you can call a play, but guess what? The defense 
counters it. And once the defense counters, what do you do? Can you improvise? That's what the game's about. That's what I see with Patrick Mahomes. How many times has he improvised on a play where here comes the blitz and, oh, any other quarterback sacked, but yet he fades back 10 yards and throws a bullet down the field for a touchdown or Lamar Jackson, right, taking off for a touchdown, you know, escaping in the pocket, right? We've seen Tom Brady do it millions of times. Yeah, pretty much millions of times. Aaron Rodgers. I put Matthew Stafford in that same category of quarterback as some of these top echelon offensive QBs, right? I put him in that same category. And I think that's what McVay will get with Matthew Stafford. So, look, that's why I think it's going to be a home run trade. That's why I think that both teams are definitely going to benefit. Appreciate the phone call, Chuck. Let's get one more in uh, before we got a break, before Miles Simmons covers the NFL for Pro Football Talk coming up. Let's go out to uh, Thousand Oaks. Let's go to Blaine in Thousand Oaks. What's up, Blaine? You're on LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. How we doing? Hey, Kirk. Great show. Oh, appreciate hey, it, I'm Blaine. A, I'm, a, I'm a long-suffering Lions fan. I'm in my <laughs> 60s. Yeah, yes. I'm in my 60s, and uh, I'll probably uh, die before I see them uh, get a whiff of the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, so, but what I w- really want to do is respond to all the nervous Rams fans out there, yes. and and especially the people that say, "Oh, well, you know, what's Matt Stafford ever won? The guy's never won anything." Blah blah right. blah. Well, neither has Barry Sanders, one of the greatest running back of all times, that was on the Lions, and Megatron, the best receiver of his era. Do they have the same response to those people? No. You know, it's it's the Lions. It's not the players. And believe me, Rams fans, you're going to be really happy with Matthew Stafford. The guy's incredible. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Appreciate the phone call, Blaine. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I am wholeheartedly 100% with you, Blaine, because I really believe that Matthew Stafford is the missing piece here in Los Angeles with this offense. Not that Jared Goff couldn't have been that guy, but it's just that we saw two years of good and then the play declined for Jared Goff in the next two years. What I was told as a player in the NFL is you're only as good as your last game or what have you done for me lately? In a statistic-driven league at times, the, the statistics were going down, not up. That's area of concern. Then you start to look at some of the games and the turnovers. That's never a good thing. You have to make a change. And that's what the Rams did. They made a change. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to bring something different, right? He is going to bring, I think, a first of all, he is tough as nails. Love covering him. I've broadcasted a couple of his games uh, on the NFL side. And, look, he, to me, I think is going to bring a, a just a wealth of knowledge to the quarterback position where I don't want to take this sound, make this sound the wrong wrong way, but I think like Jared Goff was at a young he's a young quarterback. I think when Jared Goff came into the NFL, I want to say he was about 20, 21 years old, if that. Very young. Right? Sean McVay, not an older head coach, but I felt like Jared Goff was learning. And so a lot of times when you're still learning, what do you do? You accept the coaching and you do so much of what the coach is telling you to do. But when it comes to Matthew Stafford, He's been there. He's done that. And so now when a coach is coaching him, 
Matthew Stafford as well can now coach the coach as well. I want to throw that at you. Matthew Stafford has seen a lot to where not only he can be coach, but yet he can also coach the coach and not always just have to say, yes, sir, no, sir. So there's going to be some pushback, not necessarily tension, but I think good football conversation between Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. So, man, I cannot wait for it. But, look, coming up next, guy I cannot wait to talk to, he's a – Covers the NFL for Pro Football Talk, former Rams team reporter. He's Miles Simmons. He'll join us next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. At Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram as well. Hashtag L-A-G-W. More of your phone calls uh, in a bit here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. But just want you guys to ponder, think about some of the questions I threw out there. What do you think so far about this offseason for the Rams, the Chargers? What do you think about the draft? Are you excited about the draft? Even though your team may not be picking high in the draft, may not even have a first-round pick, how do you feel about the draft. I'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. And just off-season notes in general. What do you need to get caught up on in terms of the NFL? We'll talk about it all here. But we go to the, the guest line and the guy who I truly respect. And I feel like we joined this, uh, we, we started this journey together almost here in Los Angeles as the Rams relocated from St. Louis to Los Angeles. But he's a former team reporter for the Los Angeles Rams. But he covers the NFL now for Pro Football Talk. And, look, he's moved so many times. Uh, look, first of all, uh, he's Miles Simmons. And, and, Miles, look, have you truly unpacked yet? Have you unpacked from all the movie that you've done because you're such a big superstar now? Okay, first of all, that's a very generous intro, Kirk. Uh, <laughs> second of all, no, I have not done unpacking because, it, frankly, I'm still moving around the country. So it is, uh, it's a, been a weird process, but I, I call it an odyssey, and eventually I, I believe it will lead me back to Los Angeles. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, the answer is no to your question. <laughs> <laughs> He's also one of the great followers on Twitter, everybody at Miles A. Simmons on Twitter. And look here, look, it's been five years. Can you believe it? Five years have already passed since the Rams return, right, from St. Louis back to Los Angeles. Miles, like, what do you remember most about that move, like right before the move in St. Louis, and then finally, you know, having it happen when they got to Los, when they got to Los Angeles? Gosh, it's, it's funny you ask that, Kirk, because I was, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, it was actually March 28th, 2016, that we got on the plane to go out to Los Angeles and move um, from St. Louis. So, I mean, the, the funny thing is I, I remember some of what the uncertainty, especially in that 2015 season, you know, and everybody watched that Thursday night football game that the Rams had uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they called it the ketchup and mustard game in case Keenum actually had a great game that day, right? <laughs> right. So I remember. Was, I remember the uncertainty. I remember, you know, there was some upset fans in St. Louis, but I also really remember just the pure excitement um, of those longtime Rams fans in L.A. that had watched their team just up and leave 
um, in the mid-90s and go and win a Super Bowl, but it stayed loyal to that franchise. And mm-hmm. they were so excited for the Rams to come back. And then you know, when they had that home opener against the Seattle Seahawks, was well, not the best football game. Obviously, <laughs> I don't think there were any touchdowns scored in that game. Right. Uh, but if, then, if there were, then they must have missed the extra point um, for Seattle. But you know, with the, everybody in the crowd and Rams wearing their throwbacks that game, that was – it was just a really unbelievable atmosphere. So I think that the excitement of the team returning is probably the thing that I take away the most um, from that time. You know, right now, like as we look at the quarterbacks of the 2021 draft class, Miles, I think we see the hype, right? The hype train has started. It's five guys may go in the first round. I'm saying you never know. It could be six, seven guys, guys who we're not even talking about. But I say that because – we got to remind folks. Can you help remind folks about the hype train that was in 2016 when Jared Goff was coming out of the draft? I feel like we're we're five years removed and people are saying, wait, Jared Goff, and he's not that kind of quarterback. But in 2016, Jared Goff was, was, was hot. He was one of the hottest quarterbacks coming out. Absolutely he was. And, you know, I remember I think the first time I heard of Jared Goff was in an ESPN the magazine profile midway through the 2015 season and it was basically that this guy is the next real good quarterback to come out of the draft and come out of college and so that's when I I kind of started paying attention to him and then I watched him more and more and you know from my view and I really I, I would always tell people I am not a talent evaluator I cover the NFL so basically when I start <laughs> hearing of prospects and I start watching stuff it's highlights I know that but what, the thing that always impressed me about Jared Goff was his footwork. I thought he had good presence in the pocket. You know, and I thought that he was a pretty accurate quarterback. And so from my vantage point, it was always, I think that the Rams, if they do get up to number one, or if they had the opportunity, and then they did, obviously, um, I, I always felt that they should draft um, Jared Goff over Carson Wentz. And I also remember in that offseason going to the Senior Bowl and seeing Carson Wentz and thinking that he was a good QB. He was obviously the most talented quarterback who was there. But sometimes it just seemed like he would go through his progressions or go through all the steps that he needed to do to make a throw. He's dropping back. He's letting the ball go, and then it just sails on him. And I'm like, man, it looks like he's doing everything right, but then something goes wrong. And, you know, frankly, I think we saw some of that kind of pop up in the 2020 season for Carson Wentz. Now, Jared Goff, obviously, he is no longer with the Rams, but – I think if you look at his whole body of work, there is reason to – I feel like there's more reason to believe that Jared Goff can get back to a level where he's a pro bowler, he can still help you win games, more than you think that about Carson Wentz, who took 50 sacks in 12 games. I mean, there's a lot that Frank Reich has got to fix there in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. That's a great segue to my next question here for Miles Simmons. At Miles A. Simmons on Twitter, he covers the NFL for Pro Football Talk and. Uh, the big off-season headline here in Los Angeles, it's, it was the trade. Jared Goff going to Detroit, Matthew Stafford coming in, to, coming to the Rams. When you first heard this trade, what, what does this trade sig- uh, signify to you, Miles? Uh, a couple of things. And, you know, I think the first thing is, and it's something that we knew based on the way that Sean McVay had been talking about Jared Goff and Les Snead had been talking about Jared Goff, it was that the organization felt like they needed to go in a different direction at quarterback. Um, and listen, when your head coach is saying after a playoff game that Jared Goff is the starting quarterback right now, 
And then your general manager is saying that Jared Goff is the quarterback at this moment. And he says, well, what's the date? It's January, whatever it is. Yes, at this moment, Jared Goff is a Ram. It becomes very clear that they need to do something different at QB. And I think if you look at what the Rams offense was over the course of the 2020 season, where it just seemed like sometimes it was just stuck in the mud, it couldn't really get going. And you think about what that offense looked like in 2017, in 2018, when it was one of the top scoring teams in the league, it doesn't look like it's the same team anymore. And so I think from a lot of different standpoints, they were tired of the turnovers. They were tired of basically look, seeing that offense look stuck in the mud. And they felt like they needed to make a change. Now, I, you know, I didn't necessarily have that much insight on it other than knowing what I knew from working for the organization. But it didn't surprise me that they decided to trade for Matthew Stafford. I mean, you look at the connections between the Rams and the Detroit Lions now, where you have Brad Holmes, who worked for the Rams for over a decade um, right. in that front office, was the Rams' director of scouting, obviously knows Les Snead well. Those guys, I mean, probably had a pretty easy talking together and trying to get that deal done. And if you listen to what Brad Holmes had to say, he liked the fact that they were getting Jared Goff back as a part of that package. So when now when you say, what's Matthew Stafford going to bring to the Rams? Well, it's a big arm. Uh-huh. It's a veteran presence. It's the ability to really read and dissect defenses. And a lot of times defensive coordinators say this. When you get a guy who is that experienced, you're not going to be able to fool him with different things. That, I think, is really going to help elevate the Rams' offense to probably at least the level that we were used to seeing it back when Sean McVay first got there. And, you know, maybe if things go right, you know, probably ideally in Sean McVay's mind, the offense gets even better with Matthew Stafford there at quarterback. Mm, Miles Simmons joining LA Gridiron Weekly here on 710 ESPN. And look, Miles, you're you're out of the bubble here in Los Angeles, right? I'm stuck in the bubble. I, I love this bubble of Los Angeles. The, the sports teams around, you know, with the Lakers, Dodgers, yeah. But I, I, I preface it by saying this though, Miles. Like since you you're, you're not in Los Angeles, like how was football perceived in LA with the Rams and the Chargers? Now covering you know the NFL nationally, like you do. You know, you're focusing on other teams, but there's always, I always say, a perception uh, about people, how they feel about football in Los Angeles. What is that perception you think nationally? That's a good question. I, I think my perspective might be a little bit skewed because of my experience in going back there right. um, with the Rams and, you know, working for them for as long as I did. But I, I think that folks now understand that there is a certain relevance two two teams being in Los Angeles, but I think it's right now you see that the Rams are sort of LA's team proverbially, and then you also have the Chargers, and it's like, well, they're also on the rise at this right. point. I, I think the Chargers getting Justin Herbert is something that could be transformational for that franchise if Brandon Staley is actually the guy that can take them to that next level. Because, look, Philip Rivers was a great, great quarterback for the Chargers franchise for a long time. But Rivers is always going to be associated with San Diego, and for good reason. You know, and then if you look at those years where they were playing in the soccer stadium down there in Carson, and so many times opposing fans came in there and made it their stadium. Right? The Raiders fans, and I'm right. sure there are Raiders fans listening to this. The game <laughs> I covered for the Las Vegas Review-Journal at uh, that Carson Stadium, whatever they call it now, I mean, that, that was a Raiders home game. And right. the Raiders even talked about that in the locker room. They feel that. So I think 
if it just so happens that Justin Herbert can take that team to the next level, you know, Brandon Staley comes in and puts that magic on the defense, whatever he had at the Rams, he hopefully can bring some of that to uh, down there. Um, on the southern side, I guess we would say, of the <laughs> L.A. two-team rivalry, if we can right. call it that. <laughs> I think that there could be something there for the Chargers. But at the same time, like the Rams are the team with the historical fan base within Los Angeles. And can they continue to ride that? That remains to be seen. But I think we've seen now, Rams have not had a losing season with Sean McVay as head coach. And while they did not make it to the playoffs in 2019 and they only won one playoff game in 2020 with the league's number one overall defense, that still counts for something when you consider how bad that franchise was for basically a couple of decades, a decade and a half, let's say, after winning the Super Bowl and then getting back to the Super Bowl in St. Louis. So I think that people know that L.A. football has a chance to really be on the rise. But I think it's incumbent on those franchises to capitalize on the opportunity that they've got. Uh, well, you said it there. Um, I heard you mention the Raiders. And, look, we do have a strong Raider contingent here in Los Angeles. And I know you mentioned oh, you yeah. briefly covered the Raiders. Look, 10 years, $100 million for John Gruden. It's been three seasons, no playoff appearances, no winning record. No winning record. Miles, it, is Gruden on the hot seat if they don't get to the playoffs this year? Uh, I don't think so. Um, and the, I, I think that Mike Mayock is more on the hot seat than John Gruden is on the hot seat. Because if you think about Mark Davis, Mark Davis wanted John Gruden to coach that team so badly. And there's reason to say, yes, John Gruden's team should be farther along than it's been in the last couple of years. But I don't think that it behooves the Raiders right now to say, let's just get rid of this entire program that they've started to build. Look, John Gruden, I think, can coach football well. I think he motivates men very well. They all seem to want to play for him. It's just a matter of, can you get the scheme right? And I, everybody wants to talk about the Raiders' defense, and they should. The Raiders' defense <laughs> has been pretty putrid yeah. since he's been back. <laughs> but at the same time, you've got to look at that red zone offense, too you got to be able to put the ball in the box when you get it in that red zone inside the 20. They haven't been able to consistently do that. So it's not just a matter of can the defense be great. It's can the offense actually capitalize on every opportunity that it has. Derek Carr, to me, I know that he is just the hottest topic ever with all Raiders fans. Either you really love him or you just think he's never going to be good enough. I don't think Derek Carr is exactly the problem with the Raiders. I, I think the leading Derek Carr is not going to make everything better unless you replace him with somebody like, say, a Russell Wilson, who had <laughs> uh, the Raiders on his, you know, 14 trade list, right? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, man, like, I, there's ways for the Raiders to improve. They've made some moves in free agency. They got brought in in Gawkway. I think he's a good young, he's a good player. He's not necessarily all that young anymore. He's been in the league for a while knows Gus Bradley well because Bradley was the head coach in Jacksonville when they drafted him. Um, and Max Crosby, I think, can do well paired with somebody like Ngakwe. Cleveland Furlden can bump into the inside, and you'll maybe get something out of a guy who was drafted number four overall um, in his pass rush when you really haven't gotten much in his first two seasons. But, like I said, I, I just think that there, there is something there. But to answer your question, <laughs> which was, is Gruden not going to be on the hot seat? I, I just, I really don't think so. I don't see it. I just, Gruden is very identifiable with the Raiders. 
And I don't see Mark Davis wanting to make that move. I think that if something were to happen, I think Mike Mayock could be the scapegoat. Mm. Just a couple more minutes here with Miles Simons of Pro Miles Simmons. So like, I knew I was going to see it. I, I said I wasn't going to do it. I said I wasn't oh, going to do it, and I and, and it happened. You're Miles so Simmons. Yeah, just because look, Miles <laughs> Simon is the, obviously the assistant Lakers coach, and then Miles Simmons is <laughs> covers the league for Pro Football Talk. Just a couple more minutes with you here, Miles. Um, look, little like, local flavor here. Former USC quarterback and Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. Was traded from the Jets to the Panthers. Uh, how, how do you like this deal? And, and, and what does this say about the upcoming draft if the Jets were able to come off Sam Darnold? Well, first of all, I think at this point we all kind of know what the first two picks in this draft are going to be. Right? Trevor Lawrence has been the presumptive number one overall pick since he won a national championship as a true freshman, right? And that, I don't think, has changed. Uh, Urban Meyer even coming out. It's still weird to say Urban Meyer as an NFL coach, by the way. <laughs> right. you know, he's coming out and he's <laughs> saying that, you know, it, it basically is on that track um, to have Trevor Lawrence's number one overall pick. Fine, that's done. And Zach Wilson seems to be the presumptive number two overall pick out of BYU. Had a great season there in 2020. So, I think that it was pretty clear and obvious that the Jets were going to move in a different direction at quarterback. Their general manager, Joe Douglas, did not select Sam Darnold in 2018, doesn't necessarily have that connection to him. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're Joe Douglas, yeah, you want to be able to select your own guy. You've already hired your own head coach. Let's see if you can pair him with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur as offensive coordinator and see what they can do if they can grow into a productive team in the AFC East. Now, I think that the Jets actually did a pretty good job to get what they got for Sam Darnold, who, frankly, has been one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. He was 35th out of 35 qualified passers in passer rating in 2020. So, look, I think that there's – some reason for hope if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. I don't know how many of those there are in L.A. I'm sure there are some. Uh, but, like, you know, if you have somebody like Joe Brady, who is known as a creative offensive mind, you saw what he did at LSU in 2019 as their passing game coordinator, made Joe Burrow the number one overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals last year. Um, and, you know, you have weapons like D.J. Moore. They just signed David Moore. They got Robbie Anderson, who mm-hmm. already has that established chemistry. Um, from uh, with Donald from their time with the Jets, Christian McCaffrey. You hope he can stay healthy in 2021. There's reason to believe that Donald should be better. But I remember watching Donald as a college quarterback, man, at, when I was still in L.A., he's at USC, and it was the turnovers, whether it was interception, fumbles. Those things don't just go away. It's hard for quarterbacks to just yeah. get rid of that. And it was the same thing that I thought about Jameis Winston when he was coming out of FSU, right? And we saw it's why Jameis Winston wasn't a starting quarterback in 2020, even though he just thrown for 5,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns. He'd also just thrown for 30 interceptions. So if you can't stop turning the ball over, then that's always going to prevent you from being a top tier quarterback. So that's really what's going to be the difference for Donald. Can he actually stop turning the ball over? It remains to be seen. But I think he's certainly in a better situation now than he was with the Jets. And last one before I let you go, Miles. Um, I got a bone to pick with you, okay? Um, oh I got a bone to pick with Who you. Yeah, but, but but my bone to pick with you is how could you, 
Miles Simmons be against the possible number changes in the NFL? Why are you not on board with this, Miles? It is okay for a linebacker or corner, other guys to wear single-digit numbers. Or, look, I wore number 34 in college. I would have loved to wore it in the NFL. Come on, man. Don't be telling people to get off your line. I need you to be a part of this movement. Come on, Miles. I can't. I just I can't <laughs> let it go. I don't know why, man. Like, when I was an offensive lineman in high school. I wore 74. And, you know, we can't have uh, offensive linemen just lining up in twos and whatnot because they have to be ineligible numbers. So, basically, offensive linemen still have to be in the 50s to the 70s, which right. is good. But, I mean, only centers should be in the 50s because that's the way it's been. And I like that. So, I don't know, man. I just – I, I've been picturing and I've seen the photoshops of Derrick Henry in number two and he's fifth-arming yeah. guys. And I don't know what it is about me and just not liking the single-digit numbers, but I just don't <laughs> like them. Like, I just I don't. I don't know if it's because I grew up a Browns fan and Tim Couch was number two and I just oh. got traumatized by that. But like the only people that I'm all right with wearing single-digit numbers are specialists, and it's because they're only on the field for a short amount of time. I don't even like when players wear the number one. And, like, that's the <laughs> stupidest thing. But, like, Cam Newton, he's made number one iconic. Kyler Murray, great player in number one. Why can't they just be 11? Have a couple of numbers there. I don't know. It's the dumbest take I have on anything I know, but I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, one more time, let everybody know where they can follow you at, where they can watch you on television, Miles. Yes, sir. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons. That's Miles with a Y. You can catch me on Pro Football Talk PM. That airs at 5 to 6 Eastern, 2 to 3 Pacific on the Peacock Network. All right, man. Hey, appreciate the time, man. Great catching up with you. We'll do this again soon, Miles. Appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care. <laughs> That was Miles Simmons, covers the NFL for Pro Football Talk, former Rams team reporter as well. We'll get to your phone calls, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll get to your phone calls and reacts off of uh, that interview from Miles Simmons coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Back here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison, hashtag LAGW on Twitter. At Kirk Morrison, my Twitter handle, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram as well, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We just had Miles Simmons on, former Rams team reporter, now covers the NFL nationally for our pro football talk. And great insight there from Miles, a guy who I truly respect. And, and, uh, and, and you know, when the Rams came in 2016, Right, came back from St. Louis or the relocation from St. Louis to Los Angeles. And here, 710 ESPN, the home of the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so being able to cover the games and meet Miles and things like that, it was it's funny to now kind of go back and think about those moments because, like he mentioned, in 2016, Jared Goff was almost considered a can't miss prospect. And there were people who were fighting against Jared Goff saying, no, it should be Carson Wentz. So just think about that. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, they went one and two. But people were all over. Oh, Jared Goff, he's the guy. I mean, people forget that Jared Goff's pro day. And I don't know if people here listening on, on, on Gridiron Weekly right now, if you follow the NFL as closely as I do, and you're reading all this about pro days. 
there was no NFL combine this year again. Uh, well, not again. There's, there was no NFL combine in 2021. Now, they did have it in 2020. The pandemic started, and they canceled pro days. Okay, a lot of the pro days last year. This year, no combine, but a lot of pro days. Pro days is that, you know, the, uh, the day in which, you know, collegiate players who eligible for the NFL draft will go out and run the 40, get all their measurements, all that good stuff, and they meet with teams. And so people forget that in 2016, it rained at Jared Goff's pro day. It was a downpour. And yet Jared Goff went out there and put on a show, went out there, threw the ball well. He did all the things that you want to see from a number one overall quarterback. And that's what pushed him even more. Wow, did you see him throw in the rain? He could have said, you know what, I want to throw in a different condition. But he showed his toughness, and people were all over. Same thing with Carson Wentz. People were loving Carson Wentz from his time at the Senior Bowl all the way up into the draft, go one and two. Now we fast forward five years later. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, they're, they're both not on the same team. I mean, they're both not on the original team that drafted him. We know Jared Goff now with the Detroit Lions and Carson Wentz with the Indianapolis Colts. That's how quickly things can change in the NFL. And I'm not saying that to rain on the parade of the quarterbacks that are coming out in the 2021 draft, right? We're hearing the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I've done a couple of his games at BYU, outstanding player. But we're hearing the Justin Fields of Georgia, Mac Jones of Alabama, Trey Lance of North Dakota State. I've been to Fargo, North Dakota. I've watched Trey Lance and broadcasted a game and Trey Lance I said it two years ago when I first saw him. I said, that guy is an NFL quarterback. Like, you can just you just walk by a guy, you're like, oh, that looks different. He's an NFL quarterback. But I say that to say this. As good as we kind of hope they will be, as we kind of prognosticate and, and foreshadow how good they're going to be, the reality is, a lot of them may not be good. Two may be great. Two may not be. Two may be bust. You may have one even traded within the next couple of years. That's the reality of the National Football League. And so when I see this process and people are down on the Rams for drafting Jared Goff after five years, and I'm saying, remember in 2016 when Jared Goff was the guy. Let's not forget that. So it's always going to be buyer beware, but – in a production-based business like the NFL, you got to produce. And if you don't, obviously, you'll see what happens. But we got more to come here on LA Gridiron Weekly. We got halftime coming up and kind of get to some more reactions of this offseason so far. What do you think? Your likes, dislikes? We'll get to more of that. 877 710 ESPN, 877 710 3776 at Kirk Morrison on Twitter and at Instagram. Hit me up right now. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison here on 710 ESPN.